You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpus. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, we have the returning Travis Miguel from Atreyu from Fake Figures. I love this dude. He's been a fantastic friend of the show, uh, a fantastic friend in general, and uh, one of my favorite guitar players. This dude rips, and uh, I just love chatting with him. He's so down to earth um, and and mild-mannered but also an absolute uh, hilarious dude. He's he's known as the quiet one in the band, which is hilarious because he's not the quiet one. Uh, he's just, I think he thinks about what he's going to say more than anybody else maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, the band is full of very, very smart people and uh, very well-spoken people, and Travis is no exception to that rule. Um, I really enjoy uh, talking to these dudes. Uh, Porter as well. Um, who's also a good friend of the show. But Travis, I asked him back on for the last guest of the year um, to wrap up the year, wrap up the uh, 2023 time in this world. Um, I finished a job, so I have a lot more time now to dedicate to the show. And uh, it was crazy there for a little bit trying to finish this building, massive 36-story building, um, and get it done on time, which we did. And uh, I just really appreciate you guys sticking with me and, and uh, maybe going back listening to some old episodes in the weeks we missed, um, but that won't happen anymore. So thank you for sticking with me. Uh, let's get some business out of the way, and we'll jump right in. So peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me. 
Uh, we also have the Peer Pleasure Podcast uh, Facebook group, the Peer Pleasure uh, Podcast Inner Circle. We also have the uh, premium service, peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm for the old videos of the episodes, the past cast, and the ad-free feed. We're also on YouTube, probably for a bit longer. I'll give it a little more time, but YouTube has just been weird for me. Um, it's a whole other realm I'm not familiar with, and I think our audience is primarily audio, which I do appreciate because it's a lot uh, easier to not have to do seven different versions of this show, uh, especially with limited time. And I want to get you guys something every week, and uh, after seven plus years it's been uh quite a challenge so uh anyways i want to jump into this one guys happy new year here's my chat with travis miguel of atreyu Thank you for doing this again. I know. Uh, yeah, of course. How are things going? How is, uh, how's being home from tour for a little bit? Like decompressing. Is it, is it working? Yeah. Uh, so far so good. We just got back a couple of weeks ago from Europe and, uh, so I got to, you know, enjoy the holidays at home and whatnot. So yeah, it was cool. Excellent. Did you get to see Porter's? new place uh no unfortunately not he's kind of like out in the middle of nowhere i believe <laughs> which is very porter uh-huh um but uh yeah i mean he's been working well i should i should say his wife has been working on like all the domestic like um you know not necessarily renovations but like you know settling into the house because he's obviously been busy out on tour um but yeah they've been putting a lot of work into it but uh yeah they're they're both stoked that's awesome i had no idea he moved to germany <laughs> randomly he's like well i think there's a little bit of a time difference so i was like what are you talking about alabama <laughs> three hours he's like no i'm in germany it's like what <laughs> yeah he's he told us you know i'm i'm gonna move back to germany and it was like of course you are uh-huh he's Absolutely. just he's just that dude <laughs> i love it man you guys have all such amazingly different personalities it's really cool to see because it's everyone's i mean when you grow up in a band like you guys have like 
it, a lot of bands kind of uh, it seemed to like blend together with personalities and kind of become this like family dynamic but almost in a weird way like not family's the wrong word i guess <laughs> no I, you're right it is definitely like a family type of vibe um every time we have like like a new crew person come in who's never met us before and is you know working with us they're they usually more often than not say your guys whole camp it's very like family like you know like yeah. you guys know each other's you know little idiosyncrasies you know which buttons you can push which ones you can't push you guys fight like family members you know um but i think you know if you do if you do something like this like being a band for as long as we have i think that that whole like family vibe is gonna seep in at some point or another sure sure I, it's funny because like you see a lot of bands that have been around a long time start they start to like mimic each other or like their their interests tend to like co like commingle into like this one combined outlet or output yeah uh, but with you guys it, everyone especially like actually getting to hang out with you guys well, what you guys were at the moda center i forget how long ago it was but uh, we were all hanging out and everyone's just so different in their own kind of world as their own, uh, own everything. It's kind of, I think that's probably part of the longevity you guys have had is having that, uh, autonomy within the band where everyone has their, their own interests and their own things. It's not all band all the time, I guess is more of what I'm getting at. Cause it's like, that's what I see sometimes is some people like that's their entire identity is being so-and-so from so-and-so, you know? Yeah. It's not yeah, yeah, Travis yeah. Miguel, it's Travis from Atreyu or, you know, because once that goes away eventually, uh, you know, hopefully not anytime soon, but once that goes away, then people have a hard time dealing with that too. So um, you guys having that autonomy, I think is is a big part of the longevity. And that, that's something I really saw being around all you guys together, um, you know, because once you get out there and do it, everyone's on the same page, but right. away from it, everyone can be on their own. There's no codependency. Uh, you know what I mean? Like everyone's kind of entertaining their people and, you know, friends are in town, family's in town, whatever kids are in town. Um, it's just really cool to see. And seeing that family atmosphere was, was awesome. And hearing the new tunes early was awesome too on that little Bluetooth speaker back there. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Glad you got to hear it. Uh, you got the exclusive sneak peek, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, if, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all just the, the band itself. We're just five morons who, you know, happened to make music and we were lucky enough to be able to make a modest living out of it. Um, yeah. I mean, if we were all five of the same exact person, mm -hmm. it, it would be really boring. I think, you know, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the opportunity to learn different things from different, from these four other five completely different people, mm. you know, and that's, that's what makes it interesting for us as a band. It's, you know, like you said, we're, we all, we are, we all are very like-minded people, but at the same time, we're all, the five of us are completely different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm sure it's, it's, you know, it shows itself at the best times and the worst times, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, 
I can only imagine at this point in the in at this point in the game, like bringing in riffs or bringing in completed songs or bringing in ideas. Uh, I'm sure you still get nervous about that, or like, uh, like what are the guys gonna think? Or is there any of that there? I'm curious on that. After this much time in a band together, bringing ideas, pushing ideas, you know, pushing boundaries, um, is that something that that you get nervous about when you do that? When you bring in a demo or bring in, do you do completed songs sometimes yourself? Usually when I do bring an idea in it more often than not ends up being like a fully fleshed out song. Mm-hmm. Um, could be, you know, cause usually when I, I, the spark of an idea, like it'll usually center around one riff that I just kind of happen to stumble upon and I won't just record that riff. I'll just, I'll keep going and I'll keep going until I feel like it's a finalized song or what I would, I would perceive as a finalized song. Mm. Um, but when I do bring it to the table, I know that if it, if we do decide to work on it, it's going to end up being chopped up or rearranged or, you know, it won't be the exact version of what I brought to the table. It'll change somehow. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I get a little nervous because it's like, okay, what if, you know, I spent all this time on this idea and what if I bring it to the table and it's like, you know, the other dudes are just like, nah, next. It's like, well, fuck, <laughs> you know, like I put so much time into this. <laughs> I wish I hadn't put that much time into it. Um, and yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff too, I, you know, uh, a lot of stuff I come up with, I know is probably only going to be pleasing to my ear. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like if I have this super uh, droney doom riff or something, I know the other four dudes aren't going to be into it. So it, when that happens, I'm like, okay, I'm not even going to bother bringing that to the table. Yeah. And sometimes the thing, the ideas that I have that I think have the least chance of seeing the light of day the other four dudes are su- like super stoked on it and like, Whoa, I didn't see that coming. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you never know. Yeah. That's one thing I think sets up uh, other things in life too. being that there's a weird thing. So this is one thing I think about a lot and it's people in entertainment that, you know, especially actors, like you go to auditions all the time and you have, your job depends on people liking what you do and liking you. Like you can say, Hey, I don't care what people think of me, blah, 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 blah. But your livelihood depends on that. People either liking you or loving, hating you, I guess. Uh, it's such a weird place to be and exist to where you can't like your, your, your trade is you, that kind of thing, right? It's your creative output versus I can build, you know, I can frame walls really well, or I can do heart surgery or anything like that. It's, it's, something that comes directly from you is such an interesting place to be but having to present that stuff like that i think sets you up good in in life for any other situation where you have to step up or step out um to be confident enough to do that and and be in those uncomfortable situations enough um i think not enough people get to experience that enough to really like strengthen their their confidence or strengthen their their self-worth um I find that interesting about people in, in music and in entertainment in general. 
Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of art is like that because you know you're presenting something that came from within you, mm-hmm. you know, from your brain, from your heart, from your hands, or whatever it is, and you're opening yourself up to being extremely vulnerable by putting it out in the world because what if somebody just completely shits on it, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where I think, you know, what you were talking about, like, how are you going to deal with that? Are you going to sit there and dwell on it and let it affect you? You know, um, you know, this person doesn't think it's any good. Therefore I'm no good. I should just quit right now. Or you just say, all right, fuck it. Well, let's move on then. Let's do something else, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's that in and of itself, you know, that's a learning that, I mean, that's a learning process that was a learning process for me. Um, and I still get kind of like freaked out if, you know, somebody doesn't like something that I created. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say freaked out, but it's like, kind of like, ah, fuck, they didn't like it. That's a bummer. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just, you gotta be able to just kind of roll with the punches and, um, accept the fact that not every single person is going to be into what you're doing, which, you know, is the case probably 99.9% of the time. So you just got to learn how to, you know, take it on the chin and move on. Mm -hmm. And how nothing is yours anymore. Right. You put it out there. It's not yours anymore. It's something you have in your head, in your heart, in your, in your, uh, your DAW, like until it's released and then it's no longer yours. And the world it's for the worlds to deal with how they want is such a weird thing. It's something, and like having that in mind when when you're creating this thing, you're you know like you said you're putting it out into the world for everybody to see or experience or whatever. It's very easy to fall down that trap of continuously tweaking it and working on it, Mm -hmm. and you mean you could work on something for you know years and you know, still not be comfortable with releasing it out into the world. I mean, I have a problem with that too. Like I'm constantly like, how can I make this better? Or does this part fit here? Or does this suck? Or I know this part could be better. You gotta, you have to kind of pick up on when it's time to just let it be what it's going to be, you know? Um, And still to this day, like even like, guitar solos that I wrote like 15, 20 years ago, I, I play them differently now on stage than I did when I first wrote it because, you know, at the time I was, you know, not as much of a seasoned vet as I am now. It's like, now I know how to kind of do this better. Um, and that's kind of the beauty of being a guitar player in a band is that you can kind of tweak things here and there when you play it live. Mm -hmm. Um, in that aspect, it's, it's very gratifying because now you're playing something that you actually want to hear, but also, you know, it's not the carbon copy of what's on the record too, which makes it a little bit more interesting for the audience. Exactly. It's like a, the record's a roadmap, you know, and it's a, it's a snapshot in time and you can just, I mean, that keeps you sane being able to put your own spin on it, you know, 15, 20 years later and you kind of make it yours again for a minute like when you're up there you know the person's experiencing they're hitting the parts that they know and then you throw them for a loop 
and you take your control back a little bit. I've been struggling with that the last couple weeks is we've been working on this huge Ritz Carlton tower and uh, for years, years, and it's finally done. And now I'm a stranger in the building. I felt that I owned because (laughs) I could go anywhere. It was my responsibility to make sure that it was safe and complete and working properly and now i have to like kind of put my head down and kind of sneak into the elevator with the people that work there now that it's theirs i deal with the owner where i when i you know walk with him like it's his building it always was but i no longer have that control it's now in the world people are staying there people are living there moving in had their first christmas there and I'm now the person that needs to kind of like step back. And I'm like, I know every inch of this building, 36 floors, a full city block. I know every inch, but I can't go to 90% of it. Like <laughs> if I have my stuff on, I cannot be seen in the restaurant. I cannot be seen in the public areas because they don't want the construction presence there with the little bit of stuff we're wrapping up. So right. it's kind of a, it's the first time since releasing records myself that I've had that feeling of something that I worked really hard on putting it out there and then it's gone because the only other thing I've worked that hard on is my kids, but they're not leaving yet. They're young. So they haven't gone out in the world yet. So I still have them like they're still molding, but this feeling has been so weird, man, like really weird of just walking in there and no, I mean, I have to show a badge and like there's security all this stuff where we would just waltz in, you know, there's no windows, there's no, you know, winds blowing in your face, 30 floors up. And now people are living there. It's so weird. And uh, yeah, you you could walk in there and be like, do you know who I am? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) It's really hard Uh, not to say that. (laughs) But, you know, but on the flip side too, I mean, something like that, it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you ever end up, walking by that building you can kind of just step back and be like yeah i did that yeah that's pretty cool you know it is and you can see it from anywhere in town because there's this like there's this cap on top of it that lights up the the whole top of the building lights up so anywhere you're at you don't know which building it is you can see it even in the dark because there's just this really like it's not bright but it's this kind of dull crown on this building so you can always tell where it's at and you can kind of and i can kind of see okay what lights are on what's going on in there like you can tell if you're being there that long it's just a weird thing something i've been dealing with lately because it's just happened and i've never been in this position in this trade before where i had that much responsibility of being over usually i would have gone a month or two ago to the next job but it's my job to see it out then through and and it's messing with my head (laughs) Well, next time I'm up in that area and I buy that Ritz Carlton, I'll I'll be like, you know what? Yeah, my boy did that. Yeah, dude, <laughs> right on. Yeah, you could see everything from where my office is now up there while we're finishing. I mean, you could see the Moda Center, you can see the Convention Center, you can see where my house is. Almost, it's crazy being up that high in Portland because there's not a lot of buildings that are. And, uh, anyways, that's a whole side tangent. But years of work released to the world people are now either enjoying it or hating it very similar to music but you guys have you guys you guys built those eps up into a record which is absolutely fantastic stuff like thank you it's so it's so cool to see the progression you guys have taken but like 
all these songs are like baptized was rad too but all these songs are just straight bangers like i could see them in a club i could see them in an arena i could see them in a stadium i could see them in a you know any application like these songs are so versatile because that's what i the first thing i gathered from that is versatility and it's weird to think that way because it's not a really a word that comes to mind really with stuff, but like just they're so well done. I could see them literally anywhere, like in my head, you know, and I've seen you guys play some at the, at the Moda center, like in the, the theater, of the clouds or whatever. That was so rad, super weird being on the side of the stage though, with no amps. Cause yeah. it was so it was like <laughs> drums, vocals, and like a little bit other stuff everything else was in ear and that was also super strange so i had to pop out you know for a few songs to see it from the front because that's where i got the full blast um but yeah that, it's such a versatile record i don't know if that resonates with you but um no the, it does the song I mean, craft is is spot yeah. on yeah yeah i mean you know we've been doing this now for over 20 years and you know, I'm proud to say that like we've become a better band in those 20 years. Um, we've learned how to do a lot of things. We've learned kind of like what not to do when it comes to songwriting. Um, but yeah, versatility, like I had never thought of that word before, but now that you say it out loud, it kind of makes perfect sense like that for all intents and purposes, that is what we're trying to kind of do. I mean, you know, we started off as the atypical, you know, metalcore band. Um, but, you know, over the years, we come to realize like we can, we can do more than just sick mosh parts and brutal breakdowns. Mm -hmm. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I still, I mean, we all still love that stuff. You know, that's kind of, it's in our DNA, but we figured, I mean, if you can do other things, and kind of showcase your talents, then why not? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and it makes it more interesting for us, you know, not just doing the same thing over and over again, just spinning our wheels. Um, that's kind of, you know, for us, that would be the easy route. Um, and some bands thrive, you know, not straying too far from what they're known for. Mm -hmm. uh, prime example, obviously it would be like ACDC, you know, they've mm -hmm. been, Really, I wouldn't say it's releasing the same record for how, however many decades, but um, but if you if you listen to an ACDC record, you know what you're going to get, mm -hmm. and that's why people love them because it's just meat and potatoes, you know, rock and roll. Mm -hmm. That's why I love ACDC. You know, um, I've always been kind of um, uh, kind of like. I kind of second guess somebody who doesn't say that they like ACDC. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like somebody saying that they don't like pizza. Like how, how can you not like pizza? Yeah. Uh, but for us, you know, we're, we're just not that band, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, ACDC kind of like the Beatles kind of created the standards, like created the meat and potatoes, like, you know, like along with sticking to their story and putting out consistent music that, you know, you do know what you're going to get 
But a lot of those, like the simple stuff, they created the simple stuff in right. a way. Like a lot of those riffs are just like blues riffs. Like they're just picked off of so much, you know, uh, from those standards, like those standards, mm-hmm. like the old, like the, the, um, uh, like the old blues players that everything just came from that. Like, and it was just like, okay, let's vary it, vary on this, vary on this. ACDC is incredible for that reason. Like they, they, they just deliver every time mm-hmm. yeah. and it's awesome. And they're, you know, the stuff they created will stand the test of time, you know, just like what you guys have just done with this record. Like you guys could tour with anyone. That's what's so cool. I guess it ties to the versatility is one. I, I, when I, I had, um, uh, uh, Josh Eppard from the first time I had him on from Coheed, the drummer, um, one thing he mentions is just we don't know who to tour with we're so weird and and out there and stuff it's really hard to find bands to tour with that fit and you know i threw a couple ideas out there and it's like oh we've toured with so and so so and so but you guys could literally tour with anyone on this record you guys could go out with with a band from the past you guys could go out with uh stadium bands like it it would fit and you wouldn't have to change that's what's so cool about it it's like you could you could literally go out with anyone at this yeah, point. It's awesome. We've, we've taken kind of like pride in that. You know, I mean, we've toured with everybody from Lamb of God mm-hmm. and Unearth and Every Time I Die. We've also toured with Taking Back Sunday mm-hmm. and The Used. Um, and I think that's that's definitely worked in our benefit because we're playing to so many different groups of people, depending on what they're into musically, you know? Um, and yeah, it's, we, it doesn't, you know, on paper, it might seem kind of weird, but when you actually see it, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, we've done, you know, we started out doing like festivals like Hellfest in not the one in Europe, but the one in Syracuse, New York, mm-hmm. where it was just a three-day like hardcore weekend. You know, we've done Ozfest, um, we've done the Mayhem tour, but we've also done like high-profile radio festivals. You know, like you know, we we've played with bands like Muse, mm-hmm. and you know, and that's the cool thing about doing festivals like that. It's you know, you get to play with and watch bands that you normally wouldn't get to see on a normal tour. So, you know, I think it's just, you know, we, we pretty much take every opportunity that comes our way, if it makes sense, you know? Um, so yeah, it's just, you know, it's just, it's worked in our benefit and we're just going to keep carrying on Mm -hmm. doing that, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I really have no complaints or, you know, I'm still on a pretty much daily basis, like still in awe that I get to do this or that, you know, that we have been doing this for this long and we still get to do it at the level that we're doing it. I mean, we're not the biggest band in the world by any means, but you know, I never thought any of this would ever happen, Mm -hmm. you know, because like this doesn't happen to a guy like me. You know, it's like, it's like I won the lottery, dude, but you earned the lottery. You didn't <laughs> just buy a ticket. Like you put in 
decades of work to get where you're at. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we weren't just handed this stuff, obviously. Um, you know, like back in the day, like touring in a 15 passenger van with no trailer Mm -hmm. in the middle of summer with no air conditioning, you know, we were so young and naive that we didn't know any better. So it was like, well, this is tour. So man up and, you know, get to work. But on, you know, at the same time, it's like, okay, yeah, it is work, but it's something we love doing. Yeah. So in that aspect, it kind of doesn't really end up being work. Mm -hmm. You know, if we, if we all really hated doing the work, we wouldn't do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, some days are easier than others. And some days, you know, you might be in a shit mood all day or other days you could be completely in love with everything and in love with the world. But I mean, that's just life. You know, not every day is uh, a 24 hour party. Sure. Um, I mean, it does happen like it more (laughs) so when we were younger. Uh, But yeah, I mean, like I could, I could definitely think of worse jobs to have. Sure, of course. And those van days, man, those are formative years. Absolutely. I remember watching cans of soup that we bought at the dollar store start to bubble out from the heat in Yuma, Arizona, with no AC, trying to get to the show. Then once the show ended, it was dark and it cooled way down. We had to drive to San Diego, and we're just watching this kind of open my eyes to something too that you hear about, but you don't actually see. And it was the border patrols, like lights just coming on and Jeeps and trucks, like jumping out of nowhere, chasing people, just driving through the night from Yuma, Arizona, like right along the border there towards San Diego. I'd never seen anything like that in my life. It was crazy, but we were literally dying earlier that day. We got to San Diego. Our brakes went out. The guy pulls the rotors off and just starts like chipping away with his finger. He's like, did you guys just come from Arizona by chance? Yeah, we were coming from Yuma. He's like, yeah, you toasted these things. Like they were gone. Like it was awful. And uh, so we had to get new brakes because of it. But like it was awful, awful weather. But seeing something like that too was one of those touring things where it's like, wow, I just saw that with my own eyes. Like it's not something you're just hearing about, you know, that that kind of stuff. The Yeah. Um, crazy like well i remember when i was um, we might have talked this last time i was on the show but um at the time like when atreyu was kind of first starting to gain some momentum i wasn't sure if i wanted to follow through with it because it just seemed like such a pipe dream and like i didn't think anything would you know pan out Mm -hmm. to the way it is that actually did pan out um and I remember asking my parents, I don't know what to do. Should I just finish school or should I do this touring thing? And my parents said, like, yeah, dude, go do the touring thing. And I was actually, I was surprised that they said that. I thought that they would try to steer me to do the more sensible thing. And, um, you know, fast forward a couple of decades later, you know, I've, you know, like I said, I just got back from Europe a couple of weeks ago. Like we've been to Australia, we've been to Japan, uh, we went to South Africa a couple of years ago. And I think that's the thing that like my parents get the biggest kick out of is all the places I've been to 
all the things I've seen, all the traveling I've gotten to do. Um, that's a definite perk of being in a touring band is seeing what else is outside of your own bubble. Because I mean, the world is, it's small, but at the same time, it's pretty fucking big too. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff to see and a lot of stuff to experience. Most of which I would not have gotten to do if I had not been in this band. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think real quick? What do you think you would be doing? Like if you stayed in school, what were you, what were you going to school for? And then what do you think you'd be doing now as a career? I was uh, a communications major. Okay. Me too. Which is, which is kind of ironic being that I'm the quiet one in the band. <laughs> um, but it was with an emphasis on TV and film. Okay. Um, but I remember, I forgot what class it was, but the, the teacher was basically like day one said like you may as well not even bother taking this class because none of you are going to get a job in this field and you know even if you do you're not going to make any money and like well thanks dickhead like yeah. <laughs> um Jesus. yeah so like even like then i i i got just like super discouraged and um but yeah i mean as far as like what i'd be doing now i i honestly don't know um, I never really had a, a definite plan B, mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure I would have kind of just fallen into something, you know, um, you know, I like, I like having idle time just as much as the next person. Um, but too much idle time for me is pretty bad because I start getting stir crazy and the walls start closing in and the hamster in the wheel just does not stop mm -hmm. running. So I would have done so. I mean, I, I have no idea. Like, um, I might've ended up in the TV film world. Um, so yeah, I, it's, it's really hard to say. I'm sure music would be involved too. Mm -hmm. Um, composition or something or scoring yeah yeah yeah. yeah. you're like, talking like, off-camera stuff that you were being to right, music film. okay right. yeah um but yeah i mean like i've always been fascinated with like film score and mm -hmm. stuff like that not saying that i would have done that but um yeah i mean who knows i mean i'm glad i took the route i did yeah um like you and i wouldn't even be talking right now if yeah if that were the case. very true so, um, yeah, I, sometimes I don't like to think about it mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's, it might be kind of scary what, uh, yeah. what I might've ended up in. Sure, dude. Like I, I, have you done any score work or you guys have had songs in video games and stuff, but like that was songs that are already finished. Like, have you ever done or thought about maybe doing something like that? Because your musical taste is so different from what I've gathered from Atreyu, like completely different. Uh, stuff that you know like bands like sun and like portishead you're wearing right now like right. Uh, that whole genre and it's multiple genres but like the more extremes of things like sun is so incredible but what they do is so unique to that realm that there's a limited amount of people that are in really truly into that kind of thing and that experimentation, that collaboration and, and, and drone. <clears throat> but have you ever thought about 
doing that style of of playing or or extremes more for score work or anything like that has that ever crossed your mind of doing because you're absolutely capable of doing that stuff like yeah i um i have uh my best friend who uh his name's tony kim he plays in a uh synth or if you want to call it a synth wave band called dance with the dead he and i are kind of like writing partners in a way like if if one of us has some kind of project going on, we'll call the other one to kind of bring them in to like help flesh it out. Mm-hmm. All the demos I've ever done, I have him record me through Logic because I'm pretty uh, remedial when it comes to like DAWs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. whereas he knows it all like the back of his hand. Um, but he and I also, our circles of friends are, um, a lot of them are in, like uh, visual media, whether it's film, music videos, TV, stuff like that. And so um, he and I have actually uh, done some like, I guess if you want to call it like jingle spots for mm-hmm. like Wells Fargo. Like this nice. was, um, and uh, a friend of ours is a, is a, a video editor. He was working on like an indie horror movie so we got hired to kind of come up with source music for that, mm-hmm. uh, which was a lot of fun because it's like I'm we're both getting out of our normal wheelhouses and kind of s- stretching our wings musically as you know cheesy as that sounds. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun. And I mean, I would definitely love to get my foot further in the door with stuff like that. Even like, like video game scores would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um we were actually hired to do uh, the score for a, a indie mobile game through Apple, but right when that was about to go through, the pandemic hit, and then it just kind of faded away and dissolved, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're both definitely trying to keep our ear to the ground as for opportunities for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the hard part is that, like, I, you know, he has a touring schedule, I have a touring schedule, so mm-hmm. they have to line up for us to actually work together um but yeah i mean if something like that were to come my way or come our way i would definitely jump on it that'd be so rad i have a few friends that do that stuff and they're like man if i want to write a song like like they're not in bands like this but like i want to write a godsmack song for a commercial and get that out of my system i absolutely can if i want to do like you know and they just don't put their name on it like there's not like oh this is so and so from so and so they just like, hell yeah, get down there and put it out there and, and get paid. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. You can create this. Okay. Here's some dough. Go create this. All right. Let's go to the basement and rock out. Like absolutely hilarious that you can make a, a living off that. It's awesome. Like it's so, so awesome. Yeah. And I know like a lot of people <laughs> in like the band world have gone on to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Bates oh yeah, uh, played for Manson mm-hmm. for a while. I think he still might off and on. I, I'm not sure, but he's done like full on like blockbuster movies, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and obviously people like Danny Elfman, you know, came from the, the rock world. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I think like Matt from Trivium might have, he's got like some score coming out. I think it might be for a video game. I or think something. it's for so, a video game. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's just even more proof for my own, uh, state of mind that like, yeah, I could probably do this given the, the right opportunity. Um, I mean, I, and I don't expect opportunities to just fall into my lap or anything, you know, I have to like get out there and figure out how to do this. Sure. But, um, but yeah, like I said, if something like that were to come my way, I would definitely jump on it. Just doom out hard, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One note, maybe a half step bend. Yeah. For, for like 13 minutes uh-huh. straight. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equalvision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP 
for 30% off. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. PeerPleasure.SupportingCast.FM is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest. Uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of, of that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Dude. Okay. So this is something also that recently happened. I discovered the micro amps. Like the the tiny amps, like I bought a I bought a uh, an orange uh, OR fifteen, and then for Christmas my wife and kids got me the the um, micro dark. Oh, okay, yeah. These amps are so cool. Yeah, you can get so loud and do so many things with them. I was always like a fan of Sun. I had two full stacks in my practice space, and you know four different heads. Uh, uh like sun stuff like actual sun amps which i do love <clears throat> but i can get almost as loud with some of these little guys oh, in yeah. my basement and they don't break my back to carry them out of there i don't know what's happening like soldano's doing them mm-hmm. um, boss is making one um uh diesel like everyone's jumping on this game but like I was like, this is kind of ridiculous, but I'm going to try this out. And I think the, the OR-15 solid state even. Mm. Uh, so is the Microdark. So not even tube drive, like, And they're fantastic. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Have you played I mean, with yeah. any of those? 
Yeah, I I have the uh, the lunchbox version of the the EVH fifty one fifty three. Okay, and um, yeah, I was surprised as to how loud and powerful that. I mean, it's literally like this big. Yeah, and um, I remember I I played a gig with it once, um, and it just it looked like funny. On sitting on top of a cabinet because yeah. it's almost like cute. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I, I can't remember. I think like a couple of people asked me like, what the hell is that thing? Cause mm-hmm. this was before like the whole lunchbox craze thing happened. Yeah. It was still new at the time. And they're like, it looks like you stuck a 5150 and threw it in the dryer and it came out like, <laughs> so it was almost like they weren't like, they weren't expecting it to mm-hmm. be as like loud and punchy as it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so many, like, I mean, we've come a really long way from the little crate practice amps that we all grew up playing. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, like, like the boss stuff, um, uh, the NUX or new X stuff, like it's, they all sound amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you're just, you know, bedroom playing or whatever. Yeah. Like I wish I had a, a, a amp that size that sounded that good with like awesome delays and reverbs and choruses on it. Yeah. Like, fuck. Like I, I mean, I'm glad I got to experience it late, like better late than never. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what comes next. I mean, obviously now you have like the whole modeling technology. So you've got like, Kempers, the quad cortex, the helix and all that stuff. And even that stuff, I mean, it hasn't been out in the grand scheme of things that technology hasn't been around that long, mm-hmm. but even the short window or the small amount of window of time that it has, it's advancing like so quick. And you, you, for the most part, you literally can't tell the difference between the modeling version as opposed to an actual, like, tube amp mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure of course there's going to be purists out there that say well you know you'll never get the same thing on a technical level yes correct mm-hmm. but when you're being blasted through a pa you know in front of you know 100 500 a 1, thousand people however many it's it's not like somebody in the crowd is going to be like oh no yeah that's definitely a digital modeler mm-hmm. i'm gonna go oh, this sucks like it's, <laughs> that's just not gonna happen you know? yeah of course it's it's one thing with that the purest thing because the one thing that like convinced me and i don't i don't have a helix or a uh any of that stuff i never have but not because i didn't want it i just don't have a need for it right now but the watching brian baker from bad religion and uh minor threat and dag nasty like he's like a guitar guy. Like he has so many guitars and so many amazing amplifiers watching him talk about them modeling one of his heads and then trying to tell the difference. And he couldn't and watching someone like Brian Baker say, this is legit stuff changed my mind for sure. Because like, that is one guy who would tell you, no, hell no. Yeah. There's definitely that, that list of uh, players who, you wouldn't think would want to have anything to do with this digital Mm -hmm. modeling technology. That list is growing bigger and bigger as the 
whereby, you know, like prime example, Brian Baker, mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, like the dude from Dag Nasty is going to be in the digital modeling. Yeah. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I didn't see that coming, you know, yeah. spent half any fortune he has. He's spent at least half of it on gear. Like he's got some of the most sought after guitars. He's kind of like, like Kirk Hammett's got that, uh, greenie or whatever, whatever it's called. The, yeah. the, the like legendary That's guitar, cool. the, you know, Brian's probably got six that are similar to that, right. that, and yeah, when he bought in, I was like, okay, I would absolutely go for that. And I think ironically, cause line six does the, it's the helix, right? Line six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause lines, I think the whole amp modeling and modeling anything being kind of a faux pas is kind of because of line six, because they got on board with it and were putting it out when it was still really infantile and it sounded really cheesy, like the pod and things yeah. like that yeah. to where, when you say amp modeling, you're kind of like, oh, that's what you're thinking of. But now line six has the helix, which has changed all of that and stepped up and changed the game and are now creating some of the best stuff. Yeah. Which is awesome for them and awesome for anyone who's doing fly in dates and things like that. Could do you, do you use the helix? Uh I've been using the quad cortex. Quad cortex. By, okay. Uh, neural DSP. I've been I used I was on the Kemper for a good four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then neural DSP released the quad cortex. The biggest selling point for me was the size of it. Cause it's mm-hmm. roughly the size of a laptop when it's closed. So it makes it super easy for traveling. Like I literally take it with me on the plane and my whole, you know, setup is right there. Everything from effects to, and cabinets to, um, you know, clean dirty lead like all that stuff is just in this little box which makes traveling way more convenient um it's less expensive mm-hmm. um you know when we're touring um we're actually touring by land like in a bus there's less weight mm-hmm. in the trailer because you don't have like all these cabinets to be lugging around so, I mean, like if in a, in, in a perfect world, if we had like, fuck you money mm-hmm. and I might entertain the idea of going back to an actual like analog tube amp with an actual pedal board, but the, the convenience of it all is just like, you can't beat it. Yeah. You know? And inevitably, whether you're putting it through something digital, you're putting it through something analog, it's still your energy coming through it. It's still what you're playing coming through it. You know, that's kind of. I know I've talked about it a million times talking about like like Jimi Hendrix like how you can tell it's Jimi Hendrix without knowing the song like you know who it is and it's his energy going through it, the way he's playing learning to play upside down like backwards and upside down and all the the things he does unnecessarily that he if he was taught correctly would not be doing made it cool and right. but if he played through a helix it sound just as awesome I I guarantee it it's yeah. the same energy going through. It's all electricity, like all of it. That's what made it so loud. With the amplification, you need electricity. It's all it is, energy through yeah. energy. Um, it's just those, yeah, the purest thing. Like, And, you know, 10 years ago, I would have said the same thing, is why would you ever do something like that? Like, grab me four heads and four cabs, and I'll lug them into this little club and, and have people plugging their ears in the front row because they can't handle the sound, but yeah, I can feel yeah, the wind yeah. on my back and that's what exactly. counts. Yeah. I, I remember like not that long ago when, 
um, like the Axe Effects was coming out, and then shortly thereafter, like the Kemper. I wasn't familiar with what exactly it was, mm-hmm. and they said, you know, it was oh well, it's an amp modeler, and just like you said, the first thing that came to mind was like the Line Six Spider, <laughs> yes. which, which sounded, you know, it sound looking back on it now, it sounded god awful, but at the time, it wasn't that bad, mm-hmm. but. But yeah, you're correct. Like my brain automatically went to like the cheesy, like super tinny, mm-hmm. harsh distortion. But, you know, fast forward a few years later, I was completely wrong. Like mm-hmm. this stuff is legit and I don't see it going away anytime soon. Yeah. I, and I love, and, you know, shout out line six, but I love that there are some <laughs> of the ones like pioneering a lot of this stuff still and like making it great. Yeah, they, after they, having the stigma for so long, right? They walked so all these other companies could run. Exactly, and they're still here, and they didn't fall behind. They didn't, right. you know, uh, get bought out by so and so, and then just shut down, uh, like Sun did by Fender. Right. Bastards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I actually have an amp guy here in town who lived behind the factory in Wilsonville, uh, right. and would dumpster dive as a kid. And got some of those like original top loading sun heads. His whole basement is lined with sun amps that a lot of them he just pulled from the dumpster and fixed himself. Uh, Incredible stuff. Stuff you wouldn't, there's probably a couple of those heads. There's probably less than a hundred in the world. Like they're, right. they're, they were like early prototypes and models that just, this doesn't work. Toss it. This doesn't work. Toss it. And he would just dumpster dive. And then became an amp guy, just learning it that way is really cool. He does all the tube work and stuff. Whenever I get stuff retubed, um, I bring it to him. I just found him on the internet randomly, and and I was like, man, this guy's close by. And when I went to pick up my amp, he walked me through the basement. I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> he probably has like thirty Model Ts, like of all different eras, like wow. stuff you used to buy in a parking lot for three hundred bucks is now right. three grand. Yeah, but it's the same thing. Right. Someone else yeah. played it and made it cool. Yeah, I mean, when one man's trash is another man's treasure, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm, I'm glad though that I mean, as much as I love to geek out on gear and stuff like that, I'm, I'm not that much of a gearhead. Um, and thankfully I'm not because, you know, I could, I could never be like a guitar collector mm-hmm. or, uh, an amp collector. Um, mostly because I, I don't have that kind of money mm-hmm. and like, I don't have that kind of room. And if I were to get into it, like full on into it, I think I would probably obsess over it too much. <laughs> and just knowing the way I am. Um, so, I mean, I, I love and appreciate gear just as much as the next player, but I'm, I'm glad I kind of drew a line in the sand mm-hmm. saying, across that line otherwise your life is going to be miserable yeah something that is your livelihood too to be able to have that have that restraint is uh admirable for sure especially someone with their own guitars like you know different companies like dude let's make a signature let's make a signature that's badass in itself uh which is also a lottery situation uh yeah on top of being a musician for a living is having companies reach out and i know you had your issues with those other co- but like you still do using balaga right yeah still yeah. With balaga. Mm-hmm. um yeah they've been treating me like a king mm-hmm. um it's uh you know we were with 
another company before, well, a huge company, mm-hmm. but which is awesome. I mean, ESP makes, they make great guitars, obviously, but sure. um, for both myself and uh, our other guitar player, Dan, we just kind of wanted to try something new. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was the start of a new decade. Let's, you know, we had a new album coming out. Let's try, you know, let's kind of play the field, see what else is out there. So I went to Balagir, he went to Kiesel. And um, uh, the thing I, I like about Balagir is the fact that they're not this huge, gigantic guitar manufacturer. It's very grassroots. Um, if I need to get a hold of Joe Balagir himself, all I have to do is send him a text. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, whether you're, you know, Gibson or Ibanez or whatever, you know, these bigger companies, like there's no way you're going to get a hold of the actual head honcho of the company, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I've been with Balagir now for a couple of years, probably like three, four years, just before the pandemic, mm-hmm. I uh, linked up with them. Um, and yeah, I, I have zero complaints. They make, they make amazing guitars that are like a hundred percent suitable for me mm-hmm. and what I like my guitar. So, yeah. and the fact that they were gracious and generous enough to give me, you know, like you were talking about before, like a, a actual signature model, like yeah. the fact that I've had multiple signature models with multiple different companies as a guitar player. Like if you told me that when I was 15, 16, I would ask you what drugs you were on <laughs> and could I please have some? Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, this whole thing has just been a trip for sure. Dude. It's so awesome. Speaking of, speaking of being a trip, we, this is going to be the last episode of the year. So I'm curious and not to put you too much on the spot, but some highlights from your touring year, uh, and or recording year, like thing, maybe some, a couple things or something you learned this year. Um, you know, cause I know your life took a very different turn, uh, you know, getting sober and all that and like your health and everything changing, uh, for the better. Um, are there things that you learned this year that stand out in your mind or any kind of touring experiences that really stood out this year for you? I'm curious. I've never been one to put like a ton of stock into looking back at the year when the new year comes around, you know, Mm -hmm. like I don't, I reminisce to a very small degree on like the past 365 days, but I never dwell on it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, just the fact that we were so busy mm-hmm. and productive, I think that, I think that for me is the highlight of the year. You know, if we weren't out on the road touring, we were in the studio doing something or, um, we were writing or we were recording, we, we were just busy, mm-hmm. which I think, especially after, you know, the two plus years of not having anything going on. Um, you know, I think we all definitely kind of, uh, relished the fact that we were active again and, you know, moving forward, so to speak. So, yeah, if anything that I can take away from 2023, it's yeah, the fact that, you know, I actually, <laughs> I, I was productive this year. <laughs> Effective for sure. <laughs> Man, getting to go back to Europe, 
When did you guys, you say you guys went to South, when did you guys go to South Africa? Was that a few years ago, you said? Uh, 2019, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah, it was kind of just out of the blue. We got invited to go play in Johannesburg uh, and Cape Town. And um, it was, I mean, you know, it was, South Africa is never really like, a, a, it's never really like high on the list for any band to tour. Whereas, you know, Europe obviously is Australia, South America. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was one of the best times we've had as a band. You know, we all brought our wives with us. And, you know, the second we landed, they were, they were just taking us to dinners and taking us to do all these different activities. Like we went spelunking mm-hmm. in these caves and we, you know, every, every meal was like provided and it wasn't just like, you know, here's, here's 10 bucks, go get somebody. It was like, we actually went straight from the airport, got massages which, you know, that wasn't our idea. They just said, yeah. Hey, you got, we got you scheduled for some massages. And we're like, Oh, sweet. And then from there we went to a private chef's house mm-hmm. and he had this full on spread of just all this amazing food. And it was just like, okay, like it's got to end here. Right. And they're like, no, no, we're going to go do this. And that and we're like, Jesus Christ, like this is, like the best vacation I've ever had in my life. And I'm technically not even on vacation. Yeah. No. And that, and then playing the shows, like there was this festival that we played. That was awesome. Uh, we had, we actually played with that band, uh, Ailstorm. Okay. It was a pirate themed festival. So, and that's kind of like Ailstorm's whole thing is, you know, it's all pirate themed. Yeah. Um, so that was a ton of fun. And then we played this smaller club show, that was just our own show. And it was like the line was going around the block to get in and we had never been there before. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really exactly know what to expect. So the show was great. Um, like the literal only thing that sucked was the plane flight because it was from LAX to Dubai, which is something like 14 hours. And then from Dubai down to uh, Johannesburg's like another six or seven hours. So yeah, it was brutal, but, uh, it it was very, very, very small price to pay to experience that. And yeah, yeah, if they would ever ask us back, we would do it at the drop of a hat. Sure. Did the massage help with the jet lag? Uh, I'm curious if like walking off a plane to a massage would actually help. It might, it might've made it even worse. (laughs) You're just so relaxed and I I could have just fallen asleep right then and there, Mm -hmm. but it was one of those situations where the time that we landed, if I remember correctly, it was kind of like late morning. Mm -hmm. So we had to kind of fight to stay awake for the rest of the day Mm -hmm. to get to sleep at a normal time and during the PM. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, like jet lag or not, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah, dude. Oh, that's awesome. And it's another continent to check off the list, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Africa, so much comes from there. Like, it's just a, I've heard it referred to as the big book where you just, you learn so much about yourself and other things, like, just because it's so, there's so much there. There's so much there. And, uh, man, what a cool experience, dude. Like, that's Europe touring, like, especially Germany. 
I remember so much of the food and how, hey, if you're still in town, you don't have to leave for your drive tomorrow. My grandmother's going to come into the venue and make you a big breakfast. It's like, really? Like, yeah. we don't like eat the leftover pizza. That's no, no, no. Like you come in or take you to this restaurant and they close the restaurant down so you can just eat and have no one bothering you or anything. It's like, you don't have to do this. Like we feel like, like assholes because of it. Like you're kicking these people out of here that are paying money to have us eat for free. Like, well, we want you in our restaurants. Like, cool. We will, but don't kick people out of here. Like we want to meet people. Like this is why we're here. Yeah. Like, uh man but the food was insane coming from touring in a van in the states where you get a ten dollar buyout if you're lucky um or something some white rice with nothing on it just in a tray like what which i've eaten at furnace fest the one in 2003 um i missed catering and it was that was all that was left was cold white rice with no soy sauce even just cold white and i ate it because i was starving but getting to germany and just like excuse me like this is this is available like this cooking is unreal yeah and they take such good care of you and everyone's looking out for you and and trying to make sure you have a good time and you learn about their country and their history and they want it to be a good memory for you they don't oh there's 50 more you coming to play next month so who cares you know it's so so foreign for lack of a better word um coming from touring america so much yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. love the international stuff because they just are so proud of their of where they live and where they come from, and it shows. And yeah. when someone's passionate like that, you can't help but fall in love with them. Like, like, show me everything, show right. me everything you can. It's awesome. Yeah, I think you know, especially in Europe, um, touring in Europe can be pretty taxing mm-hmm. from at times, just because of logistical reasons you know touring over there is definitely different than Mm -hmm. over here in the states Mm -hmm. um well like you said it's the little things like that like you know having an authentic home-cooked german meal or um just experiencing their culture and their way of life and you know it's trying to or getting to try their basically like getting a a inside peek at their way of life i think that makes the whole um kind of shit show of touring europe worth it you know it's just the little things like that the little um uh idiosyncrasies and the little differences and um you know just it's it's not it's not the same as the states as which we're all used to it's you know i think in a lot of people unfortunately don't want to travel because they will be out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. and I, I get that but you know once you do experience it it's you know it makes it all worth it sure it's like if you i would attribute it to if uh, you're making a lot of stops at a lot of gas stations. There's a lot, like you're saying, the logistics, but you're putting premium gas in every time. So it Mm -hmm. helps everything. Even when it's a pain in the ass walking into a a truck stop bathroom and there's someone there sitting there waiting for you and they clean it right afterwards and you tip them on the way out. Like things like that that you don't see over here. Uh, We're completely just like, what? 
even yeah, ordering at mcdonald's was different i ordered yeah, the wrong thing yeah. and it was like okay it's gonna be like 20 euros i was like excuse me oh that's called this over and you get like the full size everything it's like oh right. my god <laughs> <laughs> um yeah when we were over there on this past run uh we didn't really do a lot of um like touristy sightseeing stuff that you would normally do in europe and we were there earlier in the year in february into march and we did like every day we were going to see a cathedral or a church or mm -hmm. you know walking for miles throughout the day and then coming back to play the show but this time around we didn't really do all that much of it because we were just there mm -hmm. and um but being that it was the holiday season there were like a ton of christmas markets around mm -hmm. And we hit like everyone that we could have. And it would be one thing to hit a Christmas market here in the States, which is cool. But just being in like Germany in like Cologne and going to their Christmas market just made it that much cooler mm -hmm. because you get to see how they celebrate Christmas and like what they've got going on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was a blast and it's weird because like I've been over the past, I don't know, five, six years, I've just become super fond of the holidays. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, it's like the only time out of the year where for the most part, most people around the world ain't doing shit. Mm -hmm. They're just hanging out with friends and family and eating. And that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, like it's weird <laughs> if you're actually going out and doing something productive during the holiday season. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a, a definite one of the million reasons why I've become so fond of like the Christmas season. Like I, I literally get kind of like post holiday depression sometimes. Mm -hmm. like, ah, it's over. I got to wait a whole nother year to like do all that stuff again. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, but you know, like as a kid, you know, of course I love Christmas for all obvious reasons, all kids love Christmas, but then, you know, when you get into your teens and into your twenties, it kind of takes a backseat, but mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. It's, it's weird. Like I did, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be, you know, Mr. Pro <laughs> holiday and <laughs> it's right. Nostal Nostalgia is a thing, man. And the, yeah. And actually getting to see snow on Christmas time too. You probably saw some snow over there. Like it, yeah. being from California, Southern California, especially you're not having snow on Christmas. So no. being experiencing Christmas time with snow, that's one of the pluses to be a touring musician who lives in California because every right. once in a while it works out. Yeah, it definitely like just the colder weather and the snow and, you know, actually wearing a scarf and yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Like it, not so ironically, like, just because you right, needed. It, was, it wasn't a fashion statement. It was yeah. because it was freezing. Uh, it, it just solidified the, okay, I'm full on into the Christmas season. Mm -hmm. This is rad. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. And my favorite cathedral ever is in Cologne, the Dome Cathedral there. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then seeing it from the air, it's incredible. But then standing next to it and look like breaking your neck, looking up at it to try to see the top that whole square there by the train yeah. station unreal it's, it's unreal it was bombed like three times and it's still there's a picture standing. of an overturned tank with like a soldier with his head in his hands with a hole in the side of it online if you google it like i was standing right there for a picture 
and it's all completely still standing like just decimated and then just kept going like that's crazy oh the 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 resilience of the architecture over there from how many years of turmoil and and uh terrible things and and that's what's so cool is the history too you see where they're like everything you look at is older than you can imagine oh yeah and it's still standing and it's still like some of those villages i believe you can't build above the tallest cathedral or the tallest spire of the church like there's different Uh, ordinances like that so you can always see it anywhere in town um where the church is yeah things like that the the people show you it's just it's awesome you want to go see this castle sure yeah do you want to go see this pond sure i've never been there let's check it out yeah, you know? like we don't have any of that here, no. really. Nothing in this country is more than 250 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, everything over there is, you know, some of it is over a thousand years old, yeah. if not older. Um, but yeah, yeah, like you were saying, like just even just marveling at the um, the attention to detail mm-hmm. in some of those structures. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, like the one in Cologne, like, seeing it from afar is an amazing thing. But then once you get up close to it and you look at every little nook and cranny, mm-hmm. there was effort and time put into it. And yeah, it's kind of funny. Like every time I see like an old cathedral or an old church and just to see how grandiose and detailed and beautiful it is, I can't help but think to myself, like, man, like 600 years ago, you guys must've really loved God. Yeah. yeah it's their whole <laughs> life. Was just working on this thing that's still, ironically, under construction every time I see it. Uh, yeah. That cathedral specifically, there's there's scaffolding up and they're doing their thing. And uh, the flown yeah. pipe organ and everything is so awesome. Anyways, I could nerd about that forever. But uh, one thing I brought up, though, to tie this together with Sun, did you see, I know you're not a huge gearhead, but did you watch their rig rundown on Premier Guitar in the cave? I caught, yeah, I saw that they were playing in a fucking cave. Yeah. Like, but then when you think about it, it's Dude. like, well, of course they are. Like, yeah. why wouldn't? Have you seen them in the daytime, oh. though? That is really lackluster because it doesn't have any of the ambiance. Right. I don't think I would want to. Oh, man. Like, I wouldn't want to see them during the day yeah. or, out, or outside or, yeah, like in a cave. In yeah. a cave. So awesome. Oh. Yeah. I can only imagine like how loud it must have been (laughs) because I mean, they literally have a wall of like obviously sun amps and Uh like high water amps and all these cabinets and they're just droning their asses off. I can't imagine it being like quiet. Yeah. Especially in a cave. Dude, everyone was just probably just shitting their pants. Just, uh, just involuntarily, involuntarily, like just everyone and we're all in this together and just right at the beginning and then to just ride it out that that band my god that yeah like even that on paper you know like i've always been a fan of things that on paper when you look at it shouldn't work but then when it actually happens it works flawlessly yeah like the whole idea of that band should not work no but once you experience it you're you're like oh hell yeah yeah you know just Two, three dudes in cloaks just droning at insane levels mm-hmm. of loudness. Like what what what? But yeah. then you see it, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. It makes sense. But again, I mean, some people see they see it and they they still don't get it. But <laughs> it's not for yeah, them. I, 
I do, and I, I I'm a fan for Hell sure. Yeah, dude, this is it's awesome. I yeah, that band changed so much for me with music on my my understanding of what music is, uh, and and what it can be, and then you know it's so primal, um, mm-hmm. and even though it's modern technology, electricity, the connection between them hitting at the same time, not even looking at each other, knowing what's happening in that chaos of the state complete fog meltdown and providing something that is so just i mean you feel it in your bones like it's just the volume is thick and uh i mean we've all seen loud bands i mean go watch matt pike with high on fire and like you know same rig almost it's all orange stuff but like it'll melt your face off but there's something about what they're doing and the way it's set up and the, the everything about it is geared towards presenting it in the right way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, much it's, like what you guys are doing, like you guys are providing like a full package deal of, of, of what you're putting out there. All the details are there and the, the little things and the big things. And it's just an all encompassing experience. And I think that's a big part of your long, longevity is you guys just have done it right and 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 just it's awesome i really uh after seeing you guys this last time we're just like god damn like it's <laughs> it's hitting on all cylinders you know no, and, I, mean, that, I mean that's that's high praise coming from you so oh, i mean i will i will definitely take that but um yeah i mean longevity is pretty much all we can strive for you know i mean we've we've gotten pretty far in our career, like at a somewhat high level. Um, we're not the biggest band in the world. We're not a household name, but, um, you know, world domination. Yeah. It'd be pretty rad, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to like put all my money on that. So the only thing left really is just longevity, I yeah. think. But you know, the fact that we've been doing this for over 20 years is pretty astounding to me because most of the bands that we started out touring with when we were in a van, I'd say a good, at least 90% of those bands are long gone mm-hmm. and have been long gone for a while. So there's out of that era, there's maybe only a handful of us kind of left. So, and I'm definitely proud to be part of that group. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I, Thank you so much for for doing this again, man. I've I've been looking forward to this, and and uh, you've been such a big supporter of the show, and and uh, you know what I'm doing, and and I want to be supportive of what you're doing as well, and and um, you know it's it's awesome. I really appreciate you, and 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 the music and the laughs, and uh, you don't have to tell me if it was staged or not, but hitting John in the nuts uh, when I was like, hey, punch John in the nuts for me. That picture is hilarious. And I I might use that for the episode image for this episode, if you don't mind, because it's hilarious. Because really quick, people listening, I text Travis, I knew John from the Brutally Speaking podcast was at their show. I was like, hey, hit John the nuts for me. Next thing I get is a picture of John on the ground holding his nuts and Travis thumbs up in it. So <laughs> awesome. It was completely encapsulated the personality that I know and love. And uh yeah. He came out to the show and like you had texted me that and I was like, dude, John, come here. Just do this real quick. I'll explain later. Yes. Dude. <laughs> so he's like, all right. That's gonna be the uh, image. I love it. Nice. So nice. great. 
but uh dude thank you again so much travis and uh um happy new year to you and thanks for being the last episode of the year and uh, it's an honor dude awesome uh i'll let you get back to your your afternoon um but yeah dude thank you so much for doing this and being a great friend and and uh i appreciate you a lot no dude thank thank you you know thanks for having me it's always a pleasure anytime you need a filling guest or something (laughs) every time i need a seat filler (laughs) yeah i'm your man i I appreciate that bro all right man we'll talk soon then all right brother all right see ya later bye all right guys i hope you enjoyed that part two conversation with travis miguel from atreyu from fake figures atreyu has a new record called the beautiful dark of life uh, it's a conglomeration of a couple EPs and music they put out this year, and it's absolutely fantastic. Go check it out on all the streaming services. While you're there, if you're listening to this podcast, give us a rating and review on I- on iTunes and a rating on Spotify. I believe that's all you can do there still, um, but I appreciate everyone that's done that so far. Uh, like I said, this is the last episode of 2023. This is New Year's Eve. And uh, I hope you guys are, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions, but I hope you guys are making positive changes in your life, uh, doing things that make you happy while you're here and, you know, doing something for someone else every time you can, making this world a better place. Um, You know, whatever it is that makes you happy, get out there and do that as long as it's not hurting somebody else. Um, You know, there's a lot of different interests out there, a lot of different passions. And uh, who's to say one is right or wrong? So anyways... Have a great time. Have a safe, happy new year. If you're listening to this on New Year's Eve, uh, please be careful. Um, Don't impair yourself and put yourself behind a wheel and look out for each other. Make sure people get home safe. Make sure you get home safe because there's going to be a lot more episodes of this show to listen to this next year and uh, want you around. So that's, of course, not the only reason, but what the hell. Uh, Thanks to Travis for coming on. Check out the new Atreyu record. Uh, and keep an eye out for things he's got going on this year. And uh, we've got a year-end wrap-up episode coming out soon uh, with Blake from the Tone Mob and myself, the annual one we do. Uh, that should be out in a couple days. Um, and it should be out on this feed probably at the end of the week. And you guys can check that out. So thank you so much for sticking with me. Thanks for the great year. And as always, we'll see you on the radio.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.